Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense. So we have an interesting episode for you guys today because today is going to be a little bit different than it usually is. Usually I am kind of just stream of consciousness telling you guys my opinions on things that are happening in the news, that are happening in the culture, and my political thoughts um, and comments. But today is going to be a little bit different. I want to kind of just read through the Twitter files because these are really, really important and I, I don't even want to really just, um, I don't want to corrupt it with just my opinions on all of this. I really just want you guys to have your own opinions on this. And I think the best way for you guys to, uh, to formulate your own opinions on this is for me to just read through the Twitter files as they were compiled. Um, and so that you can see kind of what exactly has been going on over at twitter.com. This is just something that proves, um, that Democrats are cheating in our elections, that they are working directly with big tech to censor things that they don't like, that they don't approve of, things that make them look bad. Uh, and I think it's important to remember also that they're not going to go out of their way to uh, to censor things that are untrue. Um you don't just go out of your way to turn off loons, you know, you let them, you let them. And it's like the last episode where I was talking about Kanye West, really, they should just let him be able to talk. If they really want to shut him down, it would be best for everybody to just let him talk uh, because he is actually going through some sort of manic episode. But on this episode, I just want you guys to hear kind of like what is going on with all of this how they did in fact censor and remove the Hunter Biden laptop story. If you guys remember, they were taking that off of Twitter. Very, very heavy handed with the censorship on that one. So these um, Twitter files were compiled by a guy by the name of Matt, and I'm going to butcher this one, but Tabi? Tabi? That's, I don't know, y'all. Tabi? T-A-I-B-B-I. Um, who is the author of Griftopia, The Divide the Business Secrets of Drug Dealing and Hate Incorporated. But he he put all of these together basically in a Twitter thread that was extremely long. So this episode is going to be a little bit different because I'm literally just going to read through this thread for you guys. I want you to be able to hear um, what happened and not take a bunch of breaks and give you my opinions on every little thing. I really just want you guys to hear it all for yourselves, deduce what you will from it, and be open-minded to the fact that it is very easy for big government to work with big tech in order to enrich both of them. And I have talked about synergy before on this podcast, but that's exactly what it is. You have these major players in the world working together to make themselves even bigger, to make the citizens even smaller smaller and um, and to not even have a voice is where we're headed really and so this is and I know we had you know 2,000 mules and we had all the evidence on the videos and the and the photos and the audio and all the things that we had um, 
that proved that there was voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Um, but this this just goes to show that they're also working with big tech and that they are pulling stories that they don't like. They are uh, they're trying to concoct a narrative that works out well for them. And from a PR perspective, yeah, you're going to want to do that, but you can't be illegal about it. You've got to let those stories roll out. If there if there are stories, you can't just take the presses. Uh, stories off of Twitter. And that's what they did with the Hunter Biden laptop story. And this is, it's, it's just a very scary thing for our country that, um, you know, government officials, the people that worked with them are able to just shoot off some emails over to Twitter and say, Hey, Hey, we're noticing that this story's getting around a little more than we would, we would prefer. Do you mind taking this story off of your platform? And as you guys will see when I'm reading through these, the Twitter employees would email these officials and their accomplices. I mean, they are accomplices. Uh, they would email them back and say, this has been handled. So whenever I say that we're being led by a political mafia worldwide, I mean that um, very seriously. I'm not just saying that hyperbolically. I definitely mean that. It is a situation where uh, you know, and this is where they want us to go with globalism, where it is the tippity tip tip top people all working together to control a narrative um, per, and and get to decide what you will and won't see, how you will and will not view them um, when they're when they're able to just send off emails to these social media companies and say, hey, we don't like this story. Can you just take it off everywhere? That's exactly what they did with the Hunter Biden story. That's exactly what I'm sure they've done with a lot more stories and it corrupts people's ability to have the full truth in order to vote um, you know, in a way that they have all the knowledge that they need to make the right decisions for themselves. I mean, people didn't have all of the information that they were supposed to have going into the 2020 presidential election. And I think it speaks to just how corrupt uh, the political elite are. And as you guys will see, it was actually both sides that were asking Twitter to to do this kind of thing and take off negative stories about them. Um, it is not, and we hear a lot about the word democracy from the political elite, from both sides. We hear the word democracy, democracy. Well, it's not democracy to to take all of the negative stories that are true about you off of the interweb. That's not democracy. That is that is tyranny. That is communism. That is authoritarianism. That is, um, and again, like I'm just anti-theocracy. All of these things are tyranny, and you should be against tyranny of an, in any Form. And I did see an, an article tonight about how Indonesia is passing a law that like criminalizes premarital sex. And I, I had put out some sort of quote tweet saying basically there are going to be a lot of conservatives who are really excited about this and think it's the right thing to do, but it's not. Tyranny is tyranny is tyranny. Um, and you can't legislate morality. You need to work on changing hearts, not changing laws for that kind of thing. And all tyranny is just bad tyranny and that is what we're seeing with all of the social media censorship and um but it does speak to the larger problem of how often has this been happening and how how would we know if it's continuing to happen on other platforms is there going to be any sort of oversight uh committee or anything that looks over all of this and really lets us know that uh information is not being is not being like thwarted in any way 
is not being removed when it shouldn't be, isn't being, and we know that like the left is pushing all of their stuff into everybody's faces on every single platform. Um, but we just have an issue with the internet and I, I'm a little bit, I'm not glad that COVID happened, but I'm glad that people were at least alone and only able to communicate on the internet for a little bit of time, because I think that people got to see how big the issue is when it comes to censorship and when it comes to only hearing one side of the story. And now that this has come out, I think, and I hope that a lot of people have a big problem with this because this is not democracy. This is not freedom. This is not how our constitutional Republic was supposed to run. You are supposed to have all of the information that you need. You are not supposed to be blindsided by your own government, which works for you. You do not work for your government. They work for you. We make the rules in this country and we already did and they are not playing by the rules. And I said in a tweet also recently that I'm not against not playing by the rules if my opponent refuses to play by the rules. And before all of the hosting platforms for my podcasts are like, hey, she's crying for war. No, I'm not. I am not. I am, I am hoping that everybody can start to understand that um, in order to even have like an intellectual war, which is what I have been calling this, that is an intellectual war. But how the heck do we have a chance if they are censoring all of the information that that they don't like? I mean, that is not fair. That's not a fair war. Not that war is ever really fair, but you do need to understand how serious this is, the implications of this, um, where we're headed in the internet era of information that was supposed to be, you know, for us all and was supposed to help us all. And it was, it's called the smartphone. We're supposed to be getting smarter, but everybody's getting dumber. A lot of that is self-inflicted, but a lot of that is, is government and big tech inflicted because they are hiding the things that you need to know. So, um, wow, I'm really getting bad with the, the long openers, but we're going to go over this thread on this episode. If you get bored while I'm reading through this, I don't think you will because it's so shocking, but just, you know, take breaks if you need to and come back and just make sure that you listen to it all. Please make sure that you're sharing this episode to everybody that you can, because the Twitter files is, is really the biggest story of just in a really, really long time when it comes to American politics and when it comes to your freedom and your vote being um, mattering and that you get to have all the information that you need going into the polls. So please share this episode. You can share it easily from Spotify, wherever you're listening uh, to your Instagram stories, to your Facebook stories, to your Snapchat, even you can, you can share it all around. So this is a really important story that everybody needs to know about. And it can't be something that just, just dies with the ADHD, like Dory level attention span of the populace. We have to remember it. We have to talk about it. We have to fix this problem. (laughs) 
before we get into everything, I just want to remind you guys about Noble Gold. I've told you guys about the importance of investing in gold and silver and other precious metals as we move further into this kind of hellscape economy where we don't really know where we're headed. And it's like, there's just, there's a lot going on in terms of like the dollar not really being worth anything and inflation, gas prices are astronomical, the food shortages that we are all experiencing. You need to be able to protect your wealth. So Noble Gold is um, something that I really recommend for you guys to figure out, you know, what is a gold and silver IRA, why a gold and silver IRA is right for you, how to own gold and silver, benefits of diversifying with gold and silver, how to roll over your 401k to a gold and silver IRA, types of retirement accounts that are eligible for IRA rollover, and all sorts of other things. So if you guys would like to check this out, I will have a link below in the description for this podcast episode. And I definitely recommend checking it out. And if you do, let me know what you think. Okay, so now let's get into this Twitter thread. It is very long. Bear with me. I just really think it's important for me to read this out to you guys so that it is it is all concentrated in, in an episode that you can easily share to everybody. And if they don't want to read through it all, they can listen to it all. Um, okay, so again, this is from Matt Tabai. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he says, okay, he says one, thread, the Twitter files, two, what you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. Three. Okay, I won't do that. That's going to get annoying. Um, The Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is a Frankensteinian tale of a human-built mechanism grown out the control of its designer. Twitter, in its conception, was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people, quote, the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly, over time, Twitter's staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well. First a little, then more often, then constantly. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, quote, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back, quote, handled. So he shared um, a picture of a screenshot um, of this actually happening and someone would send something that said more to review from the Biden team. So it's the Biden team sending these over to Twitter saying it's just the links. They would link to the tweets where they would be like, oh, you need to look over this one, this one, this one, this one. Thanks all. They would finish. And then Twitter would respond handled these. Um, so back to this guy's thread. He says celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. He shared another picture 
from someone who said, I grabbed the first one under SI defer to safety on the high profile second one, an additional report from DNC. So the DNC would send them things to review and hopefully delete, I'm assuming as well. Yes, definitely. Because I see that they have sent James Woods tweets over uh, to Twitter to have a look see and then probably to delete because I know that James Woods is a free thinking very conservative guy on Twitter who was banned a lot. Um, But now that Elon is in charge, has his account back. So the DNC would be sending these tweets over to Twitter and saying, hey, you might want to have a look at these and um, maybe maybe delete them. You know, if you if you think, you know, because we think that you should. Back to this guy's thread. He said, both parties had access to these tools. That's an important thing to remember. Uh, I try to be very unbiased on this podcast, as unbiased as I can be as somebody with a lot of very strongly held opinions. But both parties had access to these tools. He says, he says, for instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. So y'all really need to remember that it is both sides. It really is both sides. He says, however, the system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, more ways to complain open to the left. Well, Democrats in parentheses, than the right. So even though both parties had the ability to reach out to Twitter, um, the left had more ability to really have it go in their favor, and that shouldn't come as a shock to anybody. So he shared a, another picture, contributions by party of recipient cycle were the years 2022, 2020, and 2018. He had the totals, percent to Dems, um, and then Republicans and percent to Republicans. The percent to Democrats 2022 was 99.73%. And then percent to Republicans was a 0.27%. Um, so that just shows you the political bent of Twitter.com, how they were, in fact, you know, very left leaning. Again, everybody knew that, but this just verifies that for everybody who, who wants to resist the truth. And there were a lot of people like that. So this thread goes on. The resulting slant and content moderation decisions is visible in the documents you're about to read. However, it's also the assessment of multiple current and former high-level executives. Okay, there was more throat clearing about the process, but screw it, let's jump forward. He says, the Twitter files part one, how and why Twitter blocked the Hunter Biden laptop story. On October 14th, 2020, the New York Post published Biden secret emails, an expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be, quote unquote, unsafe. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool hitherto reserved for extreme cases. Example, child pornography. White House spokeswoman at the time, Kaylee, was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, who seeds at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. There is a screenshot again from Mike Hahn, date Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, at 7.19 p.m., 
subject urgent to Kaylee um, and Kaylee he says has been locked out from her account for simply talking about the New York Post story. All she did was cite the story and firsthand reporting that has been reported by other outlets and not disputed by the Biden campaign. I need an answer immediately on when slash how she will be unblocked. I also don't appreciate how uh, nobody on this team called me regarding the news that you'll be censoring news articles. Like I said, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. The thread goes on. This led public policy executive Caroline Storm to send out a polite WTF query. Several employees noted that there was tension between the comm slash policy teams who had little slash less control over moderation and the safety slash trust teams. So on Thursday, there's another screenshot on Thursday, October 15th, 2020 at 724 AM, Caroline Storm wrote, hi team, are you able to take a closer look here? Thank you. Um, Storm's note returned the answer that the laptop story had been removed for violation of the company's quote unquote hacked materials policy. Hi, Caroline, they wrote back. Thanks for reaching out to us. Per checking, the user was bounced by site integrity for violating our hacked materials policy. Adding them here for further insights and guidance. Thanks. Elaine Ong Soto, Ops Analyst Global escalations team. So the thread goes on, although several sources recalled hearing about a general warning from the federal law enforcement that summer about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I have seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. The decision was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey at the time with former head of legal policy and trust, I'm going to butcher this one, but Vahaya Gade playing a key role. I'm going to spell that out just so you guys can look this person up. V as in Victor, I-J-A-Y-A, and last name G-A-D-D-E. So this goes on, quote, they just freelanced it is how one former employee characterized the decision. Quote, hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold, but no one had the guts to reverse it, end quote. You can see the confusion in the following lengthy exchange, which ends up including Gade... Uh, and former trust and safety chief Yoel Roth. Comms official Trenton Kennedy writes, I am struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe. That is what Trenton Kennedy said. So there's another screenshot of this exchange. 2020, um, October 14th, New York Post Hunter Biden laptop article, privileged and confidential. Our team continues to investigate the origins of the material included in the reporting. So Trenton Kennedy said, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe. And I think the best explainability argument for this externally would be that we're waiting to understand if this story is the result of hacked materials. We'll face hard questions on this if we don't have some kind of solid reasoning for marking the link unsafe. 
Um, Katie Rossborough, will we also mark similar stories as unsafe, she asked, and then attached a Fox News article talking about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Y'all, isn't this wild? This is so wild. I'm not going to do this. I said I wasn't going to do this, though. This is up for you guys to decide what you think about all this. Okay, so this thread goes on. By this point, quote, everyone knew this was effed. I'm not going to actually say the word, but everybody knew this was effed, said one former employee, but the response was essentially to err on the side of dot, 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 continuing to err. Um, so Yoel Roth said the policy basis is hacked materials, though, as discussed, this is an emergency situation where the facts remain unclear, given the, in all caps, severe risks here and less sense of 2016, we're erring on the side of including a warning and preventing this content from being amplified, preventing this content from being amplified, huh? Um, so this, this person that I can't pronounce the name, Viaha Gade, what is the warning that will come up? And then you'll Roth responded new. When you click the link, you'll see the generic unsafe URL message references, spam malware and violations of the Twitter rules. Not ideal, but it's the only thing we have. Ian Plunkett said, knew whatever we do in the comms, this will become a bias claim for Jack pre-hearing immediately. Let's make it clear we're proactively but cautiously interpreting this through the lens of our hacked materials policy and allowing the link with a warning and significant reduction of spread. Wow. Okay, I'm not going to do it though. It's up to y'all. It's up to y'all to make of this what y'all are going to make of this. All I'm going to say is a cover up. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so it goes on. Former VP of Global Comms, Brandon Borman asked, quote, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? So then there's a screenshot of this. Brandon Borman uh, and a new message says, to Ian's point, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy, i.e., as part of our approach to address potentially hacked materials, we are limiting visibility of related stories on Twitter while our investigation is ongoing. Well, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna save it for the end and I'm gonna let y'all make of this what you want. Uh, okay, so the thread says, to which former Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker again seems to advise staying the non-course because quote-unquote caution is warranted. So Jim Baker said, privileged and confidential, I support the conclusion that we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked. At this stage, however, it is reasonable for us to assume that they may have been, and that caution is warranted. There are <laughs> some facts that indicate that the materials may have been hacked, while there are others indicating that the computer was either abandoned and or the owner consented to allow the repair shop to access it for at least some purposes. We simply need more information. Do you? I mean, I mean, did y'all, I mean, have y'all seen what's on Hunter Biden's laptop? Again, gnews.org, type in Hunter Biden's name. It will bring up everything that you never wanted to see in your life, but it will tell you the truth. And that is what so many people are so hungry for, so rightfully hungry for, that they're not getting because of stuff like this. I said I wasn't going to do this. I'm trying not to do this. Okay, it goes on. A fundamental problem with tech companies and content moderation, many people in charge of speech, no slash 
care little about speech and have to be told the basics by outsiders. To wit, in one humorous exchange on day one, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna reaches out to Gade to gently suggest she hop on the phone to talk about the backlash re-speech. Khanna was the only Democratic official I could find in the files who expressed concern is what uh, this Matt guy who put out the thread said. So on Wednesday, October 14th, 2020 at 6.21 p.m., Ro Khanna said generating huge backlash on Hill re-speech. Happy to chat if you're up for it. Best row. Um, Gade replies quickly, immediately diving into the weeds of Twitter policy, unaware Kana is more worried about the Bill of Rights. So the, she responds and says, hi, Congressman Kana, thanks for reaching out, and we appreciate the heads up. We put out a clarifying thread of tweets earlier this evening to explain our policy around the posting of private information and linking directly to hacked materials. The press secretary's account was not permanently suspended. We requested that she delete the tweet containing material that is in violation of our rules and her account is restricted until she complies. I'd be happy to jump on the phone if helpful. My team in D.C., Jessica and Lauren are copied here and also available to discuss. Thanks. V. Haha. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, so Kana tries to reroute the conversation to the First Amendment, mention of which is generally hard to find in the files. Rokana to Vihaha Gade. Rokana um, says, hope you're well, Vijaya. I really can't pronounce this person's name. I should have looked this up before I did this. But this seems a violation of the First Amendment principles. If there is a hack of classified information or other information that could expose a serious war crime and the New York Times was to publish it, I think the New York Times should have that right. A journalist should not be held accountable for the illegal action of the source unless they actively aided the hack. So to restrict the distribution of that material, especially regarding a presidential candidate, seems not in the keeping of the principles of New York Times versus Sullivan. I say this as a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything wrong, but the story now has become more about censorship than relatively innocuous emails, and it's become a bigger deal than it would have been. It also is now leading to serious efforts efforts to curtail Section 230, many of which would have been a mistake. I believe Twitter itself should curtail what it recommends or puts in trending news, and your policy against QAnon groups is all good. It's a hard balance, but in the heat of a presidential campaign, restricting dissemination of newspaper articles, even if New York Post is far right, seems like it will invite more backlash than it will do good. Please keep this communication between just us and Jack and no need to CC the team or forward to them. Just wanted to offer my two cents. Within a day, head of public policy Lauren Colbertson receives a ghastly letter slash report from Carl Zabo, um, S-Z-A-B-O, of the research firm NetChoice, which had already pulled 12 members of Congress, nine Republicans, and three Democrats from the House Judiciary Committee to Representative Judy Chu's office. So from 
Carl M. Zabo. Date Thursday, October 15th, 2020 at 2.15 p.m. Subject recap of Hill combos about Biden and censorship to Lauren Colbertson. Um, and then a bunch of people CC'd. So it says, Lauren, yesterday, Net Choices Chris Murchies met informally with nine Republican and three Democrat House staffers to gather intel about Facebook and Twitter and the New York Post story. The staffers hail from the House Judiciary Committee to rep Judy Chu's office. Uh, Net Choice lets Twitter know a quote-unquote bloodbath awaits in upcoming Hill hearings, with members saying it's a quote-unquote tipping point, complaining tech has quote-unquote grown so big that they can't even regulate themselves, so government may need to intervene. Um, then there's another screenshot. High-level takeaway. Every Republican said, quote, this is a tipping point. It's just too much, end quote. And both Democrats and the Republicans were angry. So Sabo reports to Twitter that some Hill figures are characterizing the laptop story as quote unquote text access Hollywood moment. Um, another screenshot when asked just how bad the story is, one staffer said, quote, it's a text access Hollywood moment and it has no Hillary to hide behind, end quote. Others were more blunt saying, quote unquote, tech is screwed and rightfully so. Um, so the Twitter files continued the first amendment is an absolute in quotes Zabo's letter contains chilling passages relaying democratic lawmakers attitudes they want quote unquote more moderation and as for the bill of rights it's a quote unquote not absolute uh, nope 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 i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it it's up to y'all it's up to y'all what you make of this please think critically please think critically by the way everybody just needs to read the declaration of independence the constitution and the bill of rights like can y'all just read those documents please and then and then please just please okay so there's another screenshot that he shared the democrats meanwhile complained that the companies are inept they let conservatives muddy the water and make the biden campaign look corrupt even though biden is innocent they linked this to hillary clinton's email scandal she did nothing wrong but because the press wouldn't let the story go it became a scandal far out of proportion in their mind social media is doing the same thing it doesn't moderate enough harmful content so when it does like it did yesterday it becomes a story if the companies moderated more, conservatives wouldn't even think to use social media for disinformation, misinformation, and otherwise. The Democrats were in agreement social media needs to moderate more because they're corrupting democracy and making all quote-unquote truth relative. When pushed on how the government might insist on that, consistent with the First Amendment, they demurred quote-unquote, the First Amendment isn't absolute. Is it not? Is it not? What? What? Y'all, it's just like with the 2A. I, mean, I keep saying I'm not going to do this, but I'm doing this. It's just like with the 2A where they're just like, well, they didn't mean what they really meant was, no, they meant we get to have weapons because of governments like the one that we have right now actually is what they meant. That's exactly what the founding fathers meant. And the First Amendment is absolutely absolute. So this is this is absolutely insane. Democrats are bloody insane. And I say bloody because England and tyrants. It's like, stop. It's just like, stop. Okay. So, um, this ends with, uh, Matt Tabai. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Y'all, I'm really butchering these last names, but he said an amazing subplot of the Twitter slash Hunter Biden laptop affair was how much was done without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey and how long it took for the situation to get quote unquote un 
effed. I'm not going to say it. Um, as one ex-employee put it, even after Dorsey jumped in. Okay, so as a CEO, that's absolutely crazy that he, like, the CEO of Twitter was not more involved with all of this. I would fire everybody. I would get really, really mad. I would probably throw a lot of boss tantrums and get really pissed off. Like, it would not be a fun sight. Jenny Robinson mad is just not, it's just not a fun sight. Uh, Y'all probably already know that. I get very angry, righteously angry, and it's just, it would be a terrifying thing for my team to do something like that because I would not respond very well. Um, And I can only imagine how that must have felt for Jack Dorsey to not be more in the loop with them censoring this Hunter Biden story. This was a huge, huge thing for them to have censored right before a presidential election. And now Donald Trump is talking about, oh, you know, this is a really big thing. Like, and it is a really big thing. And he's talking about, you know, we need to, we need to redo this because everybody, we, they didn't have the information that they need when they went to the polls. Not that that would really even make any sort of difference right now. My main point that I want to get across on this episode. And again, I want y'all to think critically for yourselves and come to your own conclusions on everything that I just read you. There is a lot more for you guys to read about the Twitter file stuff and you need to research it. You have a responsibility as a citizen in a free country to, to be knowledgeable and cognizant of the things that affect you and affect your freedom and affect your rights and not having all the information about political candidates like affects you. I mean, if you care so much about democracy, then you should care that they are withholding important information that you really needed to make the most um, educated vote that you could in 2020. I mean, now look where the country is. So my, my thing is that if they will, if they will censor a story like that and it was them covering for a pedophile. Okay. It was that it really was that they kept saying, well, you know, it could have been, it's the hackers. It's the hacker. Does it matter? Does it matter if it was hackers after you see the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, him raping little kids, him doing all sorts of kinds of drugs, him like telling our nation's secrets to prostitutes because he's such a loser that he, (laughs) that he whines about his, his rich boy like talk about talk about privileged like this privileged boy and he is a boy he's not a man it, it is terrifying that he has children um but he he whines to like foreign prostitutes about his problems because he's such a loser literally the biggest zero i can think of in my mind think of the kind of man that could raise a, a man quote unquote like hunter biden um so the whole hacking thing that they were trying to cover this with being a hacking thing it's like does it matter? Does it matter? You see, you see, right? You see that this is what was on his laptop. Somebody writes a story about it. And when you censor that on the internet, you are covering for a pedophile. That is what they did here. And it is it is maddening that the nation wasn't able to see this information before the election. Um, Trump needs to give up his little dream of of there being a re-election. There's not going to be. Everybody is is has I I feel like America is already done because we have handed them. Um, we have handed them permission to do this by not fighting back in, or in any sort of way that's going to make any sort of difference. And I am not calling for war. Spotify, Apple, just don't get mad at me. Don't take my podcast down. I'm not calling for that. 
I have been arguing for an intellectual war, which is what this is, but it makes it very hard to win an intellectual war when they are hiding the information that we need in order to convince people that we are actually on the right and the righteous side of all of this. We really are. And that's not um, to clump in all Republicans into that, that demographic because there are a lot of Republicans here that I absolutely loathe even more than Democrats because I feel like a lot of the Republicans in D.C. are very two-faced and they are very fake. And as soon as they get into Congress, they turn on you guys, they turn on all of us, and they only do what works out best for them. And look, I think in their minds, it's like, oh, you know, if the country does go down, like, what, are, what, why do we have to worry? You know, we have all this insider trading money, and we could just fly to New Zealand and build a mansion and, and, you know, you know, good luck, everybody that they leave in America. But this is a big, big problem. This is a monumental problem. Um, the online censorship and everybody for the longest time was calling people like me conspiracy theorists. And y'all are just, you know, you're just just a little crazy. Are we, are we after all of this has come out? Are we really, um, y'all need to take, y'all need to take this very seriously. Y'all need to research it all yourselves. Please do not just take my word for it. I want you guys to have your own opinions, whether or not they're the same as mine. I would hope that they're the same as mine, obviously, but I want you guys to be able to, to critically think and to come to your own conclusions about this kind of stuff and to be educated, which again, when this, this information is hidden from you, it's very hard to be. And I understand that, but read the declaration of independence, read the constitution, read the bill of rights, um, you know, study the history of the founding of our nation. I am not the person that's ever going to be on the podcast saying, oh, well, we're a perfect nation and we've never done anything wrong. No, we have done a lot of things wrong. Slavery was atrocious. It was the Republicans that ended that. And the Democrats have always been evil. They have always been evil. They have done a lot in terms of marketing and PR to make themselves not seem that way. I have been saying for the longest time, and I went to school at Ole Miss, y'all know that, but they have been trying to take down the statues at Ole Miss, the Civil War statues statues. And I'm against that just because everybody needs to remember who were the rebels. People need to know that it was the Democrats and, and they're trying to hide the history, their atrocious history. Um, and I'll always be against that because I, I need for people to remember history so that we don't repeat it. And I feel like we're headed that direction with communism. Just y'all look into Mao, look into how Karl Marx was just a loser who mooched off of his family and he never contributed anything to society. He he was an idiot. He was a loon. He was a loser. He didn't even bathe. He never bathed. He was just a loser who was writing this crazy stuff in his free time because he had a lot of it because he he didn't have a job. He didn't do anything. His children died of starvation. He, he was like the worst guy. He was the worst guy. Everybody who actually knows about Karl Marx and communism and is still behind all of that, just consider yourselves like my arch nemesis because I, I'm on to you guys. I know how lazy y'all are. I know how stupid y'all are. Even if you do know about all of this, you're just evil. And I'm not going to ever be able to be the person that's just like silently letting our country go down the drain. That will never be something that I'm <laughs> going to be able to do. Um, this is a huge, huge story. And to all the people who claim to care about democracy so much, look into this and understand you're not going to have a democracy if
if you do not have the information that you need in order to vote for the people that you want to vote for, because you need to have the information. Everybody needs to have the information. Um, again, if y'all want to know how depraved of a man, quote unquote, again, that Hunter Biden is, go to gnews.org and type in his name and that'll pull up everything you need to know. Don't post it though, because they'll take you down. They won't take the actual pedophiles down, but they will take you down if you try to expose them. That's what they did to me. I am trying to rebuild everything back up because they banned me on everything. Um, but y'all can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at real Jenny Robbins. And I'm back on Facebook, just Jenny Robinson, just regular Jenny Robinson. Um, Anyway, I love you guys. I love looking for the truth and I love God and I want you guys to to love God and to love the truth. And so just like with every episode, I guess I'll end it with read your Bible because <laughs> you really need to. You really need to. You're not going to understand the severity of the evil that is around us. You're not going to understand. You're Well, you're not even going to be able to recognize it if you haven't read your Bible one, but you're not going to know how to respond to it. Um, you're just not going to know anything if you don't read your Bible. So I have a lot of peace even amidst all of this because of that. And God is always for me. And so I don't care who's against me because you're not going to be able to do much. Um, God is protecting me. And I know that and he guides me every step of the way with all of this and I could not do anything without him. I do this because of him. And, and we have a responsibility to to demand the truth. We have a responsibility to protect our family and our friends and our countrymen. Like we have responsibilities that we need to take very seriously. Um, again, please share this podcast with anybody who hasn't seen, uh, or read the Twitter files yet and leave me a five-star review. If you love the podcast, you can leave reviews anywhere that you get your podcast where it lets you do that. So I will see you guys next time. Love you guys. Stay honest, stay in the word. 